I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Internet Marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com or .co.uk, depending on where you are. It doesn't matter. Both will work. And in today's show, we have an interview you did with Natasha Woodford. Tell us a little bit about that, then we'll roll it. Yeah, so um, Natasha um, has recently, um, well, me and Natasha have recently joined forces um, to start up a recruitment business called Clockwork Talent. We've recently just moved in to an office together, um, and that's kind of a recruitment business, so helping people around the world um, who are looking to find um, great search talent or looking to be great search talent and move um, to different organizations. And we talked a little bit about the recruitment process, um, some of the things that work in recruitment, some of the things that recruiters, so employers, or indeed candidates can do to um, increase the likelihood of them finding that right person for the right job at the right time. Me and Natasha are going to have a bit of a chat um, about digital recruitment um, and a little bit about kind of some of the things that potentially people who are getting involved in um, changing jobs or hiring people, um, some of the things they should be thinking about as well. So Natasha, um, recently you just started working in an office with myself and Charlotte and um, out at Gower. Can you just kind of, I suppose, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about kind of your background and, um, you know, some of the jobs you've done previously and kind of, I suppose, introduce Clockwork Talent a little bit. Is that all right? Yeah, by all means. Um, so Clockwork Talent, we're sharing offices with Brighton SEO here at Gatwick. And um, I guess, where do we start? Uh, Jason is yep. my brother. He is the CEO of Site Visibility. Yep. Uh, yourself and myself, we've yep. been working, working together for a while. And uh, I've been recruiting yep. for Site Visibility for quite some time. And I have another brother who also mm. runs another digital agency. So me and the digital world, we've been working together hand mm. in hand for a, a few years yep. now. And now we've made it formal. Yeah. We've uh, established the recruitment business, Clockwork Talent, recruiting for search marketing professionals. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so prior to that, you kind of did a lot of recruitment in kind of, I suppose, the banking sector, like headhunting rather yeah. than recruiting. No, I've been a headhunter for 15 years. Yep. Seven of those years was on my own, yep. uh, setting up a boutique search firm. Yep. We worked in the emerging markets primarily, yep. recruiting for banks, chief executives, chief marketing officers, yep. Uh, very exciting, different market to digital yeah. people. Yeah. Um, 
but gave me yeah. a pretty good foundation from which to recruit yeah, from. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing. And one of the things that when we were kind of considering um, sort of setting up a recruitment business is that unfortunately, many of the people who are operating in kind of the digital space, the, the, the skill that goes into their recruiting is typing into LinkedIn the job title um, that they have or maybe typing in the um, the company name of the competitor and just, just prowling through there and, and kind of, you know, trying to hit as many people as they possibly can um, with, um, you know, um, connection requests and then just hope that, you know, throwing enough mud at the ball and hoping that someone sticks, which is kind of, I suppose, quite tricky. And I suppose from me being on the employer end of that, it's meant that kind of very frequently we'll get um, even people who you've briefed recruiters sending through completely irrelevant CVs, people who have, you know, who are .NET developers for, um, you know, copywriter roles or That's right. people who are copywriter roles for kind of, you know, web development roles and, and so on. Just searching on the buzzwords, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, and not so, perhaps understanding who that. That's right. I, I'd felt the pain of Jason and yourself yeah. recruiting for quite some time. You'd spend a lot of time recruiting, uh, briefing recruiters uh, in the hope that they actually understood mm. what you were looking for. Mm. Um, and I guess what I've been able to do is work with you guys and understand how you divide your business, what yeah. skill sets are important. You know, forget the technical experience for a moment. You're talking about the personalities, yeah. the generic focus that they have, mm. how the project management skills come mm. apart, the campaign management, whether they have an understanding of which accounts you work with. Mm. You know, it's not just about searching for yeah. SEO or PPC and yeah. typing it into LinkedIn yeah. and out they pop. Yeah. It's more about play, yeah. knowing who the players are. And, and I suppose, how, how does that kind of process look then? So someone will come to you with um, like a, a job listing or spec. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, what, what are the kind of key things that you're looking for in that job spec that, you know, kind of like really help you get to the, the, the heart of a, of well, a role? A good job spec mm. will tell me what their responsibilities are going to be, yep. um, who they're going to report into what technical experience they're going to have, you know, whether they're going to need to be a coder mm-hmm. um, or whether, a, say, for a commercial role, they're just going to need a, a, a more highbrow understanding of what the technical yeah. aspects are. Um, but also understanding the company, you know, the, the agencies versus in-house roles, mm. they're so very different mm. in terms of the types of people they're looking for. Mm. It's not just about the technical experience. It's yeah. about the type of people. So getting to understand my clients is really important. Yeah, and I suppose it's even like even the job title all can be quite different. So what is an SEA manager role in one organization can be very different to what is an SEA. I mean, I think I think account manager perhaps is kind of a really prime example of how they can differ because whereas in some organizations, SEO agencies and digital marketing agencies, account manager doesn't necessarily have to have a huge amount of experience of digital. Their role is entirely kind of relationship based. Absolutely. Whereas in other organizations, that that's the doer of the work who perhaps might have no real client contact and there are other people who, you know, it's managed through their sales team or through You're the so MD, very yeah. right talking with each md or, yeah. or hiring professional mm. um understanding what they really want out of the candidate mm. what that candidate needs to bring to mm. the table and is there particular things that kind of like say you know i mean i, I know i've sent job specs through to you in the past and you said look how that's not really that helpful what, what's kind of the, <laughs> some of the things that you think that like if you, someone that you know is listening is kind of gonna write a job spec for a new role that they're recruiting what are the things you know kind of the i suppose the bulleted points that they've definitely got to cover off in a, a good job spec well it's usually great if they speak to an incumbent so if somebody's yeah. sitting in that role okay, what do yeah. they do yeah. you know what is their job day yeah. today sometimes the uh the senior management team might have an expectation of what that job yeah. is but then if they actually talk to the job holder then uh, actually there's a whole bunch of other responsibilities yeah. in there that uh, mm. if they had a certain skill set maybe it would have made the job easier mm. um, and it really helps the recruiter to understand 
what do they really want? Because we can mm. interview and interview candidates on a mm. on a brief, yeah, um, or a recruiter can. And uh, if the brief isn't right, then uh, you're wasting an awful lot of everybody's time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the kind of the. I suppose that's where I think a good recruiter should do is actually what their their job is not just to kind of like have wider contacts, although that is a part of it, or the ability to track people down and have the time to do that. It's actually, it should be saving the person time, I suppose. So rather than actually having to interview 20 people, or you know, pre-qualify 40 CVs. So. Yeah. I think if you know your, your customer, I yeah. think if you know your hiring manager and the company they work for, then you should be able to make a, a choice of whoever is a, available yeah. in the market or looking mm. in the market or appropriate to the market mm. um, and be able to deliver that one individual and get that one interview and make that one hire. I suppose that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, I think an important one that like, yeah, and I suppose the kind of philosophy that we've started to build in that is that it's actually it's better to only put one candidate forward, but they definitely get an interview and ideally definitely get the job because mm. that's when you, you make money out of it. But, um, you know, it's better to rather than put like five people forward, you're like, well, maybe they'll take one of them. It's actually going, no, actually, it's better for the relationship. It's better for the the candidate to not be led down a garden path of thinking they're up for a role that they're, you know, no more than, you know, because you've got to ask the candidate's permission to put them forward for it. So you've built them up and even if like, now, if there's no chance of them realistically getting that role, you've kind of potentially damaged the relationship with the I'm candidate. I'm sitting there, here so. nodding. Oh, that's because good. Because that means good. so much to yeah. me. Um, knowing yourself and myself yeah. in the past when you were hiring for site visibility, you know, you'd spend time wading through CVs yeah. um, and still not finding the right person. Yeah. You've got all these CVs from recruiters of all different types of individuals. Yeah. Um, no one hitting the mark, you know, mm. and you and I sitting down and, and devising job descriptions that really describe what the role is, what the person will look like. Mm. And I say look like, not physically, but in terms of their experience, yeah. um, whether or not they're going to be leaning more towards the technical side, whether they need more of a customer mm. facing value, are they going to be commercially led? Mm. You know, you want to be able to, as a hiring manager, have confidence in your recruiter that they understand your business, mm. they understand what their goals are long mm. term, so that you can have people in front of you who are appropriate. Yeah. And so if you're a candidate and you're kind of like looking to get a new role, then what's some of the things that a candidate needs to be doing to set themselves up to find roles? Because I think once you reach a certain level of seniority in, in digital businesses, that kind of perhaps job boards, it, it, it all goes through recruiters, doesn't it? To some extent, or at least it, a, a vast majority of it does. I so think you, so. You know, I think know. so. I think one of the stats I saw was 60% of the roles at the moment in the industry are going through your network. And if you've got a strong recruiter or a headhunter in your network, then they can open up an awful lot of doors to you. Um, I think as a candidate, you know, I read CVs day in, day out, and uh, some of them are shocking. Yeah. Uh, totally misrepresenting an individual. What you want as a CV is a brief synopsis of your skills and experience. Um, and perhaps setting the tone from the beginning with what your objective is. Yeah. What are you aiming to do in your career? And it will give an employer a pretty good guideline as to whether or not they meet those criteria. Yeah. Um, I think CVs, you know, yes, you do need the buzzwords, the acronyms. That's yeah. great. But what we're looking for is what your achievements have been. Yeah. Lots of people make the uh, misconception that they write their role, they write their responsibilities. Yeah. It's not just your responsibilities. It's what have you actually achieved in that role? How yeah. has your career progressed? You know, these are all pretty important. And what are some of the things that sometimes you'll see then that will worry you there? Like in terms of you look at a CV and go actually they might be a good fit for the role but like you know because you're making you know not necessarily snap judgments but certainly you know it's you know quick decisions isn't it Ooh. is it you know like durations of roles or you know is I there think something like that some of work? the um some of 
some of the experience I had in the past said that, you know, candidates should not be job hoppers for yeah. one, for want of a better word. You know, they, they need some continuity in their career. I think we're a lot more forgiving now of people who move around the industry. Yeah. Um, you can have a couple full starts. You might have tried something. It didn't work. Um, or you might have seen something out in the industry that really does lend to your experience and it will give you a rapid career progression. Yeah. Um, but I think what we really look for is career progression, you know, yeah. taking on more responsibility, whether it's technical responsibility, project mm. management, you know, bigger programs that you've been managing, mm. customer base, more and more important customers for the client. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Um, and do you think things like results of kind of like, so say someone's worked on an SEA campaign and they got like page one listings for this client or number one listings or, you know, a thousand percent increase in this or, you know. Hugely, yeah. hugely. I think if you have an achievement that you've managed to do in your role, you need to list it there. It needs yeah. to be obvious. It needs to be visible. But I also don't think your CV should be 10 pages long. Yeah. Um, two punchy pages yeah. is great. Um, I think that you need to leave something for the interview. Yeah. Um, you know, this CV is supposed to be a synopsis of yeah. your career. It's mm. not supposed to be uh, the yeah. the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose if you're not go if you're going direct to an employ employer as well, I suppose I've I, I, all the advice I would give people, I suppose, is that sometimes it's good to take that job specification that's there, and if they've given you bulleted lists of what they think is important, whether that's in a cover letter or in the CV itself or in the email that you send across, I think it can sometimes be really good to kind of almost make sure like so you've got that list there you print out both pages you've got the the job spec there you've got your um, cv or your cover letter next to it and then you're almost crossing off the things on the job spec yep. to show you that and sometimes that's adding a couple of extra sentences there and if you do that over a period of time you're going to cover off lots of different angles but do you think that's you know that type of process is good to do where it's I kind of absolutely. personalizing it or? i think if you have a job description for the job that you're applying for yeah. read it yeah it's a good start um, and then think about what you've done in your career and mm. what is applicable to that. And if you can put a couple bullet points in that top personal mm. introduction um, that are keynote achievements completely supporting the job description, mm. then absolutely. I think most people in 
in our situation today or our economy today mm. have a couple versions of CVs. Mm. Um, one will be tailor-made to, I don't know, digital marketing managers. One will be tailorable, tailored towards the SEO managers. Yeah. Um, it really yeah. depends what they want. You have to yeah. think very carefully about the career that you want. Yeah. And then tailor make your CV. And I suppose it. if the role's worth having, it's worth, you know, there's going to be a pay rise in it. It's worth spending an evening or so kind of refining oh, that. Hugely, yeah. hugely. Yeah. And, and speak to the recruiter that you use. You know, um, if you're coming with me, I generally work with you and try mm. and build a pretty robust CV. Mm. Um, you know, lots of CVs, they're pretty wishy-washy. You mm. need to be punchy. They need to have detail. They need to have numbers. It needs mm. to be quantifiable, quantifiable evidence mm. of what you've been doing and is there kind of i suppose one of the tricky bits in that kind of pro i suppose particularly maybe jumping to a conclusion but particularly in the uk is that sometimes people feel a little bit awkward talking about the salary aspects of roles or kind of negotiating their their value and is there any kind of like particular findings or things that people should bear in mind relating to kind of financial packages that's worth kind of thinking about in the the recruitment process or mistakes that you've seen people make or things that people have perhaps done that has been quite clever that's acted <laughs> in their favour for potentially um, getting a better package than they would otherwise have done. I think there's a couple of things you've pointed out there. Yeah. Um, I think that, first of all, don't focus just in on the money. Yeah. Um, I, I firmly believe it's, if it's the right job for you yeah. and you're progressing, the money will follow you. Yeah. Um, I think that using a recruiter really helps support someone through the financial debate. Yeah, um, I suppose you can have a kind of a good cop, well, not necessarily a good cop, bad cop type thing, but it's a kind of, I, I, I suppose um, people might be nervous to negotiate as hard as they would like because they don't want to, you know, set off on the wrong foot with their, you know, potential recruiter, Absolutely. whereas if someone else is having that conversation. I think if you're using yeah. a recruiter, it takes the emphasis off you, so you're not feeling so sort of money-minded about yeah. it. But I think also third party, call me a recruiter or a, or a third party. I take that um, responsibility away from you. I'm motivated to get you the best package as a candidate, but I'm also motivated by the employer to get an acceptable package. Yeah. So it, it literally is playing the middleman and doing yeah. the negotiation on your behalf to fit within the employer's budget, but also to get an acceptable pro proposition to you. But does that happen much? I mean, I suppose in maybe some of those more senior roles where potentially bigger numbers are in play, where there's someone who's kind of, you know, you know, been very, very keen, interviewed very, very well. They've been very, very, very impressed. But when it ultimately came down to the, you know, the some, Finances. Of, those, yeah, some of those numbers <laughs> and some of those packages where it's all fallen apart on that, or indeed that perhaps went through, but the the negotiation maybe set someone off on the wrong foot. Does it happen? Or is actually if, most cases it's like people come to a, a It mutual... very rarely breaks down with me in control. Yeah. <laughs> um, we start from the very beginning understanding what your package is in your current situation. Yeah. Um, we talk about your expectations. We talk about your flexibility. Everybody has a cost mm -hmm. of living they're accustomed to. So we know what your uh, break point is, for want yeah. of a better word. Um, and I'm also obviously aware of what my employer's budget is. Yeah. So I have to find the happy medium between the two and there's lots of bits and pieces in a remuneration package that can be played with usually mm. you know car allowances traveling expenses bonuses you know just trying to make that yeah. happy medium between one tip the two. i heard recently i thought was a good one was that actually like sometimes it can be tricky like if there's a sal you know salary expectation and someone comes back to you and makes you an offer and that's the salary mm -hmm. it can sometimes be tricky to negotiate up from there right because that's the offer oh, I mean, absolutely yeah but then what you could maybe do is kind of say well actually it's got 20 days holiday could i have 22 days holiday yeah. or something like that that actually does have a kind of financial benefit right because you you know you're, you're, not, you're not having absolutely. to work absolutely but um, remember there are limitations and yeah. as the recruiter or the middleman i yeah. know what those limitations are yeah. so i'll be guiding you all the way through that process mm. 
um, in the recruitment business, we call that offer management. Yeah. Um, so when a candidate is offered a job, um, both the employer and the employee will, through me, pretty much know where the package is coming down to. So mm. it's very rare that um, a hire or an offer will fall mm. apart because of the money. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that does frustrate me because we say so that there's kind of a couple of angles. To, so I'm working with Natasha on Clockwork Talents, so that's clockworktalent.com, which is this recruitment business, but that sort of spun out to a certain extent. Um, from a job board that we launched off the back of Brian SEO. It was originally the Brian SEO jobs board, but now is jobsinsearchmarketing.com. Um, and one of the things we tried to do there is that I'm kind of very adamant about is that I think job adverts should have the salary on them. Because I know that like, you know, if I were looking around and it's something says it's competitive, well, you know, that, you know, competitive might mean it's, you know, <laughs> 10, 20, 30, 40% less than what you're currently on, which would perhaps not make any sense to move for but equally it could be two three times what you're currently getting paid so therefore the expectation of someone who's getting paid double your salary is you know you might not be the per you know because like like we said that an SEA manager can mean a completely different thing or even a heads of departments heads of departments in some agencies get paid one amount and in another Absolutely. department get paid four times that and with that four times more pay comes you know four times more responsibility that the person if they knew the salary wouldn't necessarily put themselves forward for so you get that, but then I think, well, actually the problem is no one ever puts them down, so just no one applies, right? Because you don't know if it's up or down or low. Or it's a tricky same. one. I think I think that's um, something that's happened over the years because recruiters try to attract many people into the job. You yeah. don't want to limit it by saying it's 80 grand and this yeah. little guy on 20 grand is desperate for the job and yeah. he won't apply because, yeah. quite frankly, yeah. 80 grand's far out of his yeah. possibility. But on the flip side of that, if you say it's a 30 grand post and somebody who's on 60 grand says, well, I don't want that job. It's yeah. only worth half of what I'm yeah. on now. However, what if the employer has two roles? Yeah. And so he knows he can offer a competitive package. He has the budget. He doesn't want to put a number down because he thinks he's yeah. limiting who's coming to that role. But on the flip side of that, I believe in honesty. Yeah. I believe in being upfront. I believe in yeah. being quite candid. So with my roles, I'm pretty happy to put a salary benchmark on it, yeah. but know that there's a bit of flexibility around yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and I think the range is a good way of doing that, isn't it? Because it's like, yes, they're, you know, that if if they're looking for someone, yeah, who's on 20K, then that's, you know, they're not going to be able to find 40, are they? But like, <laughs> if they're looking for someone on 35, they might find 37 and a half, you know. But remember, Kelvin, they might be hiring two different levels. Yeah. If so, maybe we'll put two jobs up. Yeah. Very true, very true. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's some, you know, interesting insights there. And I think it's one of these challenges that's really facing the digital sector, particularly search in the UK. And that's kind of why we've kind of begun this process of helping SV and other agencies and other in-house teams and other candidates find those roles. But it, it really does feel that there's kind of a, there's, there's certainly a skill shortage to some extent where there's not enough good people to go around. But there's also kind of an inefficiency of perhaps some you know, some elements of the recruitment process that um, doesn't really do anyone any favours, if you know what I mean. So it's those kind of really vague job descriptions that don't really help the employer find anyone or find candidates to go for, or indeed recruiters here perhaps misrepresenting candidates and therefore damaging their likelihood of getting that role as well. So it's just our own little sort of step really to make recruitment a little bit more um, trustworthy, a little bit more decent and hopefully benefit everyone by saving everyone a bit of time and putting themselves in the right place absolutely i really enjoyed this kelvin because um it's interesting for me as a recruiter mm. all my life yep. uh working with you jason and, and other agencies out in the industry i can feel your pain i can mm. hear your pain yeah. uh what i actually enjoy doing is putting together some sort of personal solutions mm. that uh can help your life a little bit easier in the recruitment way 
Cool. Well, thanks very much for that, Natasha. And, and um, yeah, thanks for sharing your experience there. And I think it's a, a stage and a question and a challenge that everyone has to go through in their career at some stage or, or other. Um, and yeah, hopefully there's been some advice that will help people who are either looking to recruit people or make the move themselves. Thank you very much. That was an interesting interview. And it's interesting to see things from the perspective of someone recruiting because we don't often do it that way, do we, Kelvin? Yeah, I mean, I think in my case, I've always either been doing the recruiting or, or being recruited. So, um, you know, from the employer side of things. And it's kind of, I think, you know, sitting in the same office with and working with Natasha has made me appreciate kind of some of the real hard work that goes into, you know, navigating that process and the potential complexity that goes into that. So, yeah, it's not quite as easy as I thought it perhaps was where it was just kind of, yeah, you know, bunging a bunch of stuff into LinkedIn and kind of, you know, email a bunch of people. There's a lot more kind of selective placement and kind of understanding of the job and of the candidate. Um, that I think makes a big difference really in terms of you know placing the right people in the right roles. Fantastic. Okay, um, sitevisibility.co.uk forward slash IM podcast is the place to be if you want to see us on the web. And uh, don't forget questions both uh, in email form and audio form, um, kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.co.uk and the phone number is plus four four if you're outside of the UK, one two seven three two five six one five zero for those audio questions. And also check us out on iTunes and please leave reviews and ratings because we love that, don't we, Kelvin? We do, we do, we do. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Sight Visibility. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> see you later.